Elevators. Welcome to Elevate Your 8 Workshop Week. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and this week you get five days of me with the formerly known resume bootcamp podcast that I used to host on a separate thread. But it occurred to me that people weren't finding that podcast on its own. So my good buddy, Adam Shibley, I talk about him a lot on this show. He's been a great mentor and teacher for me in the podcasting sphere. He suggested that I create a workshop week with the resume bootcamp mini course. And so here we are. So you'll see a brand new episode of Elevate Your 8 every day this week. And I've combined the lesson from the podcast mini course with an interview on how the lesson can be applied to your current resume. And you will recognize the guest. Her name is Carolyn Newhausen. And she was in one of the hot seat sessions that we did back in October. I am super duper grateful to have had Carolyn help me out. And I think you'll really love the things that she's going to share about the individual resume lessons. You can also go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash mini course and download the free companion workbook that will help you through all the lessons right here at Elevate Your 8 Workshop Week. So without any further ado, let's do this. Well, hey, welcome back to Elevate Your 8 Resume Bootcamp. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and oh my lord, do you have any idea how close you are to getting more interviews and landing your dream job. You are so close. You are two episodes away at this point. And if you are not jumping for joy, well, then I just don't know what to say because this is pretty flippin' exciting if you want to know the absolute truth. So we are here at episode five and we are going to start tooting our own horn. I sure hope you're ready for that because this episode is all about career highlights. This is where you uncover all the special feathers in your cap from all your previous jobs and you get to brag a little. And no, it is not the slightest bit conceited or arrogant to do this. Don't you want potential employers to see specific examples of all the cool shit you've done over the years? Of course you do. A career highlights section of your resume is the absolute best way to do this. So to get started, I want you to write down your past three to five jobs on a piece of paper or use your workbook and leave a little bit of space between each of the jobs, maybe two or three lines. Think back to those jobs and come up with a project, an accomplishment, or a memory even that you were most proud of during that time. Okay, for example, when I was working at my second full-time job out of graduate school, my supervisor and I talked about creating a first-year experience programs in one of the residence halls. She tasked me with creating that program, and in fact, she actually did refer to it as a feather in my cap. So I did a ton of research on how first-year programs were successful at other institutions, and with the help of my student staff, we built a program called Year One. So when you look at my resume, you'll see, quote, established year one living and learning program, end quote. Then underneath that career highlight, I list three to four signature projects or tasks connected to it. For the year one program, these are the tasks and the outcomes. Number one, weekly structured activities provided for first year students. Number two, emphasis on student learning and faculty involvement. Number three, Topics include safety and security, 
alcohol awareness, stress relief, and getting connected on campus. Number four, wellness wheel programming replaced by connection to university general education goals. Okay, and let me tell you, that was one of the most fun programs I ever developed in the whole history of my 25-year career in higher education. We referred to these weekly activities as positive distractions. We did, I want to say we did a floor program. We did a student government meeting. We did an all-hall program, and then we did the residence hall association meeting. Okay, here's another example, and this example is initiated strategic planning model. This career highlight took place at my very first director's position, and I wanted my live-in staff and I to develop a strategic plan for our residential life program. I engaged staff in a discussion of SWOT analysis and redefining the mission statement. We began a process for creating assessment programs in residence life, and I created a monthly process for evaluation of goals and objectives, building off of the previous month's work. These things are listed underneath the career highlight as I shared earlier. So hey, isn't this fun? It not only is an opportunity to beef up this functional document with specific examples, but it's a really great way to reflect on your previous positions and remember how you helped to move that department or organization forward. Because if it's worth calling a career highlight, you surely did make a difference with that project or initiative. Over the years, I regularly update this part of my resume to reflect not only my current initiatives at my current position, but I've taken a few career highlights off my resume if they're no longer applicable to the position I'm seeking. In fact, I think the main reason I brought the year one program back to my resume was when I was applying for an adjunct faculty post to teach a freshman seminar course. Have fun with this one, you guys. Don't forget to download your free workbook at chrismcpeak.com forward slash mini course. And it occurred to me, I hope some of you did shoot me an email, but a copy of my resume is actually in the workbook. Oops, Chris McPeak forgot about that. So if you want to take a peek at how I create these career highlights, you will have an opportunity to take a peek at all of that stuff. Well, okay, everybody, this is Resume Bootcamp, episode six, and oh my goodness, you're at the end of this podcast mini course. Are you ready to put all your amazing new skills into play into the document that's going to totally rock your next job search? That was a run-on sentence, but you know what? That's okay. I hope you're excited and feeling really proud of yourself. So for this last lesson, what we want to do is, quote, fossy up, end quote, your document using resume action verbs. These go beyond just indicating the task. They add a great deal more credibility to your document, and here are five reasons why. First of all, they're shorter. Since your resume should be condensed to one to two pages, this means the information under each employment section needs to stay a lot in as few words as possible. So resume action words help you do that. Second reason, they are more specific. The role of your resume is to paint a picture of the type of employee that you are to, in essence, describe to a future employer what you can do. You do this by using resume action words to help your bullet points and your skills and tasks be more specific. So rather than saying that you led weekly team meetings, you would say that you facilitated discussions during weekly team meetings. Doesn't that paint a better picture of what this would look like? Resume verbs are also less cliche. 
With lots of people applying for the same job, you want your resume to stand out. Now it's going to do so because you are creating a skills-focused functional resume, but using more purposeful words can help your resume look more unique, helping you outshine the competition. Resume action verbs also increase scannability. Before your resume ends up before the hiring manager, most companies these days are using electronic shortlisting processes to whittle it down to the best candidate. So in order to bypass this process, you should look for important resume action verbs from the job description. And the last reason why resume action verbs are so exciting is they have greater impact. One of the best reasons to use these action verbs is that they leave a lasting impact. You don't just want to bypass the vetting process. You want to get a damn interview and you want to be memorable. Action verbs are strong, powerful, and lively. They help demonstrate your achievements and show the purpose with which you acted. Action verbs grab the reader's attention. So be selectful and purposeful in the ones you choose to get your name to stick out to the hiring managers, and then you will land that interview. So I'm sure you're thinking now, where do I find such action verbs, Chris McPeak? Well, I am glad you asked. You can Google resume action verbs and find more than your fair share of sites that can assist you with finding the best verbs possible for your resume. Look for a site that breaks these verbs up into their own categories like analytical, professional, communication. A really great list that I use all the time can be found at themuse.com and there'll be a link to that particular article in my show notes. Okay, guys, we have made it to the end of workshop week. Well, not exactly because you still have today's lesson to listen to. And once again, I'm super excited that Carolyn Newhausen has joined us to talk through these lessons and give some practical impact on how the lessons can be applied to the current resume that you're working on. So again, Carolyn, thank you so much for being part of Elevate Your Eight Resume Workshop Week. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks. I um, I enjoy talking to your talking to your audience and also having my mind mind for sure. Oh, good. <laughs> cool. I love it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of bragging, kind of putting our, our hotspots front and center and letting our potential employers know these are some really cool things that I've done at previous jobs and maybe something that you want me to do here. This is the career highlights section. And I, I love this part of the resume because not only we were talking earlier, I think in the first lesson about that concept of preparing for your annual performance appraisal and having to dig through these ideas. And I love coming up with the notion of, wow, this was a really cool project that I Put together. I'm really proud of it. My supervisor made me feel great about it. So I want to reference this and represent it not only in my annual performance appraisal, but in my resume when it's time to move to the next thing. So with the career highlights, um, we're uncovering the feathers in our cap and we want, again, to show potential employers all of the cool things we've done. So the, the way to navigate through this is to write down your previous three to five jobs, and then think back on some really positive experiences that you've had at those jobs. Is it a memory, a project in particular, and then coming up with the ones that give you the most the most feeling, the positive feeling about, wow, that was so much fun, or wow, that was so much work that I put into that, and I'm really proud of the result. And I have, I think, six of these on my current resume. And what I uh, talked through in the, in the lesson for today is this year one living and learning program. 
Um, that's the oldest one on my resume. The most recent one is redesigning operations for the foundation that I work for. And and looking through that, I'm thinking like that entire scholarship program that exists at my college would not have existed if I didn't have this job and if I hadn't put it together. So I look at that and I think like, that is pretty amazing <laughs> that I did that. Cool. So Carolyn, when you were doing this, this part of the, of the exercise, kind of what, what stood out for you and how was that process of determining what those highlights were? Yeah. So good questions. Um, I think, um, so again, kind of going back to, to what that boss of mine, uh, supervisor of mine said all those years ago at, at, uh, CBS interactive, um, of how, um, useful it would be in the moment whenever I found, felt proud of something to write it down so that I didn't forget it, um, or stress about figuring it out, uh, remembering it by the time my annual review came around. Right kind of reminds me of the way in which um, all sorts of people from media companies to, you know, social media influencers to coaches to, to whoever, it's all about, um, and I mean this in the best way, re- repurposing and repackaging content, right? So like, um, so taking, taking all of those things that I'd written down and then repackaging it into this annual review, but then taking those and also repackaging it instead of um, building the wheel every time from scratch, you're taking the hard work that you're being really smart about the time that you've used um, in that you're, you're um, not rebuilding the whole house from scratch. You are starting with a foundation and a roof or whatever, and um, just taking that content, reapplying it and repackaging it for different purposes. So um, in doing that, um, I think what I found, um, I, I think what I found is like, so here's one example. Um, all, I think it's very, it's probably a, a safe thing to say that all jobs have stress. Yeah. And I think, all, <laughs> I think all jobs have uh, really intense moments um, in terms of industries, right? So what I can speak to is like the television industry. There are, there are sometimes throughout the television year, the, the calendar year in which there are more stress than others. When you're launching a show in the fall, when you're wrapping a show up in the spring, yeah, uh, and then when you're launching a new slate of shows in the in the the an upfront presentation in the spring, those are highly stressful times in an otherwise very stressful business, right? Right, highly stress, and um, and this I guess relates to to a soft skill, which I don't think I, I would have been able to frame it in. But so one of the things I was I was most proud of um, at my time at CBS Interactive um, is. Uh, I was able to, the, the public relations, the, the press releases that we would get, um, instead of kind of waiting for my supervisor to glean some insights from, from this press release and then to tell me, hey, Carolyn, I need you to, um, I need you to um, order these marketing, these marketing advertisements okay. for this particular show. I read the press release myself and I was lucky enough to have this really great relationship with the designers and know that they had just enough bandwidth to squeeze in like an extra marketing placement for this television okay. crossover. It was like an NCIS, which is a huge flagship show for CBS Interactive, yeah. and 48 Hours, which is like um, one of those super, you know, in terms of broadcast television, it's super popular on Saturday nights. Well, there was going to be a crossover. And so the kind of spidey sense I had was like, well, that's pretty big. Like NCIS flagship show, 
that CBS is very protective about and really loves. And 48 Hours, um, the most popular show on broadcast on Saturday night television. So like that should definitely be marketed to people because our right. audience clamors towards that kind of television. Mm-hmm. And so because I was proactive, so here's what I wrote. I said, <clears throat> I eliminated last minute stress on teams when I proactively sought marquees for two episodes of 48 hours in an NCIS crossover program. By the time this became a panicked last minute priority, because it then became an ask <clears throat> from at the very last minute from my director. And then, so that's my boss's boss and then my boss. And they came over to me kind of panicked of like, oh, oh shit. Like, did you order this? We need yeah. to order, we need to put this in the queue. I kind of had one of, one of my best moments of being like, oh, don't you worry about it. I already ordered it two weeks ago. We have it in the queue. It's done. I love um, it. The, the, um, being able to provide one of those moments of like, of like, I, I beat you to it. I got there first was not right. only in terms of like, um, in terms of bolstering my ego, but also it was great to see like that I was able to LA fears and also eliminate some unnecessary stress that they were putting on themselves and they were putting on the team yeah. just by thinking ahead. And that, that I would say is probably is most definitely a soft skill that I don't think I would have a put that much um, emphasis on in a regular, a regular kind of job history resume, for sure. That particular example would not have shined. And also, I don't think I would have been able to tie it back to a soft skill because yeah, I don't yeah, think- showing initiative is is a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, that's super impressive. I love it. So so moving forward then, how, how do you think about that in terms of a career highlight? How would you, I think you started to say how you would represent that on your document, but kind of what would you, what would you say? So I would definitely bucket it as a soft skill. And I think I would definitely play up. I think I would definitely play it up as a soft skill because I think, um, you know, when you read literature, like the, the new, I wouldn't say new trend because I kind of um, downplays it a bit. I think the important thing that people, people, businesses, employers, people in that world, um, business coaches have highlighted over the last probably 10, 15 years, as long as I've been following this, is that soft skills and EQ is super important. And it's the yeah. thing that kind of distinguishes okay companies from the ones that really, that really retain employees have the most healthy employees, have the um, most collaborative, best work teams. And so I think that that's an example where I would be able to push that soft skill. I also think it's a it's a, an example of, if you had talked to me before I put together this, skill, this skills-based resume, if you had asked me something like, are you, are you an initiative go-getter? I would have been like, mm, yeah. I don't know. Not don't my wheelhouse. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of follow what I've been told. I kind of wait for a supervisor to tell me something, but going back to confidence, this was, this was one of those examples where I was like, ding, the light bulb went off. It was like, wait a minute. I actually did take initiation. Yeah. I actually are initiative. I actually did beat people to the punch and I thought ahead and then it resulted. And then like, well, why does that matter? Well, it resulted in the fact that I was able, at least on an emotional level to, um, pull, pull some stress off of the shoulders of people who already were in a super stressful situation. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
And that is a good segue, I think, over to this concept of talking about action verbs and how they accent mm-hmm. our resume and n- not only um, give our resume credibility, but it, it's sort of giving the employer, the potential employer, a visual and they can, this is what I tell students when I'm coaching them on how to write their scholarship personal statements. I'm like, you need to give me something that I can picture. I need a visual. I need to see you in action doing this thing that shows me that you're capable of doing this. So I love incorporating action verbs into the resume. And my favorite source um, is the one that's on themuse.com. And I particularly like this because it chunks everything down into um, different things that you would do at the workplace. So you led a project or you saved the company time or money, and then you can go in and and look at some of these verbs and they're, and they're fantastic. There's 185 of these. So there's no reason that you should ever (laughs) duplicate an action verb on your resume. But, um, so let's talk a little bit about the action verbs, Carolyn. And so have you kind of played around with those? Are there ones that you particularly like for some of your experiences, things like that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I haven't, I, you know, I've, I kind of took a, a little stroll through here and I'm looking through this a bit more. Um, what I will say is, um, so I think I definitely could beef up my resume in using action verbs. Um, I think one verb that comes to me and I have a hard time not overusing it is to me to say that you craft something, especially like as ah. a writer that I crafted this brainstorming session or I crafted these brainstorming ideas or these um, whatever, these top three captions of the year. When you, and I think that's, I mean, when you when you have craft brew, right? Instead of just a regular coffee, there's a difference, right? There, right? Somebody took yeah. it, they thought about it, it was intentional. Um, and so I really love crafted instead of just wrote, I write something, I wrote something. Yeah. Um, that's one that I really love. I'm looking here on the list. Revitalized, I think is super um, tra- and transformed. Those are two really, um, those are two really great action verbs that jump out at me. Um, so does streamline, because I think that there are a lot of, I think a lot of businesses, I think, you know, especially ones that are super um, militant about the bottom line. I think often whether or not they are, they are right in believing this or wrong in believing this. I think mm-hmm. anytime you can trim fat or trim confusion from, pro- from a, from a process, you're streamlining it. And that always looks good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that's, that's a really great one too. Strengthened rehabilitated is a really nice one. Um, yeah. Do you have, I mean, what about you? Do you have any really favorite verbs that you that you find yourself returning to over and over again? I am looking at my resume right now and I'm actually thinking like, okay, I might want to swap out some of these, but I yeah. use collaborate a lot. Yeah. Um, and I almost even like, not just as a verb, but as a noun, as referring to something as a collaboration between people. Um, I like initiated very yeah. much. Um, uh, let's see, I'm looking at my career highlights too. What's good here? Um, I really like, I'm looking, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you. That's okay. Boosted or amplified and capitalized are really good ones too. Yeah. Because you can use, yeah. Amplified is a good one. That's a really big buzzword, I think, in business industry right now too. I I, I like founded, I like engineered. Yep. Um, And then saving the time 
the company time or money. I like uh, reconciled and I like reduced. Oh um, yes. Good one. Good. Yeah. I mean, I, we could play with this, this list here at the muse for hours and, right. and kick that around, but that's uh, yeah. And it doesn't take a long time to, to, to work action verbs into your, um, into your resume. I think, especially if you're using that list um, that you, you look and see like at those categories and then think, well, what sounds the best with this particular sentence? And if there's something too, that's like, well, I don't want to use established again, but that's kind of what I did. Then you can always do a thesaurus, um, a synonym check and see if something fits better. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had to do that in my days. Um, not just working on a resume, but doing any kind of, any kind of writing, um, writing assignment. I'm, I'm so glad that we have the online resources these days to just really? a new tab and, and do a quick search for something and, and see how it fits. Like we were talking earlier about throwing spaghetti on the wall and that's right. exactly sometimes what building a resume is like, especially when you're going down the strengths, the strengths road. Yeah. Um, Carolyn, thank you so much for bringing these lessons to life. I really appreciate you being here to sort of share your experience with the project and, and giving us your take on how you were able to develop your own strength-based resume. Um, is there anything else in particular that you want to share to the listeners that, you know, might give them some tips for implementing this or any other advice that you would share? Yeah. Um, and, um, and I, I appreciate the open-ended question because I, I think what I would say is in my own experience, um, um, long story short, one of the coolest, a very cool kind of thing that I experienced at, at the CBS Interactive job um, a few years ago was um, they had like, like uh, additional education. And one of the things or extracurricular education. And one of the things I got to, to sit in on was like a, like a really short lesson seminar kind of thing on how to... Um, how to interview as though I were in a hiring position, which I'd never been in before. Um, okay. But how to interview people, <clears throat> and um, in order to pull to pull insights out of them that would that would answer the question of exactly what the skills best re- skills based resume does, which is how can I add value? Where where is my place at your company, and and mm-hmm. how am I kind of a good puzzle fit for that puzzle piece fit? Oh, I love that. That's and, a great exercise just to, to do in terms of, you know, singing what you can tweak on your resume. How that, exactly. I and exactly. Cause I saw it as, cause I hadn't been in a hiring position and I wouldn't be for quite a, you know, and so I looked at it as kind of reverse engineering. Well, what are the kind of questions that are quote unquote, good questions that somebody would ask me in an interview? Right. Yeah. And one of them was, <clears throat> I, I think all of them were really um, framed as tell me a story. Right. Uh-huh. So for example, uh, tell me, tell me, show me some, I think it was framed like, um, what are some, and oh, asking open-ended questions, right? So like, yeah. what are some, can you give me one to two examples of a time in which you felt you really handled a team or a project well? And, and why did you, how, what were the things that you did that, that allowed you to handle it well? Yeah. Another good question um, to ask and to be asked and to really think through what you want your answer to be is, tell me a time in which a project failed. Or yeah. um, you made a mistake on a project. What did you learn? And could you correct it? Did you correct it afterward? Yep. Um, and so I think going, so like kind of coming full circle, right? So I frame this all up to say that when you're using action verbs and when you dive into a, to a skills-based resume, you write maybe one or two sentences about 
for example, like um, the NCIS 48 hours um, example wouldn't mean anything to anyone. Yeah. Unless they knew one or two sentences of a background of like, hey, right. this is why this was important. And this is this is where the initiation, the initiative came from. Um, you're telling people really short stories of of your successes and why they mattered and how you can apply them to your next role. Yeah. So, and I think that's where action verbs come in too, is like, you can't, the only way to tell a good story is to have good verbs because mm-hmm. it's the action of doing. So, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I never yeah. thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. The, the verbs are what makes the story. That's right. Um, and, and we are telling stories of, of our adventures, <laughs> of our adventures in the workplace. That's right. Um, things that work, things that didn't work. We're the protagonist and this is, you know, our, our hero's journey, if you will. Right. And, you know, it's only in telling the story again, like how many times have I looked at my resume and thought, even to myself, if I wasn't there, if I didn't work these jobs, what does all of this mean? Like, yeah, eh, I don't know. Especially if you're not, if you're applying to a job within the same industry, you know, the industry insight, the people hiring you probably could put two to two, two and two together. Uh-huh. But if you, especially if you're kind of trying to jump into another, um, into another realm or into a, an adjacent or a different industry, you got to tell a story because that's the only way anything on your resume makes sense or is yeah. worthwhile. Um, yeah. I love that. That is a really great way to close our workshop week two. So again, Carolyn, thank you so much for bringing, bringing your own life to this little story. Um, our little um, lessons of, of the skills-based resume and how to reboot it here in 2021, especially for people that are looking to make a jump. If uh, for some reason, you know, COVID whacked your career plans and you're re-evaluating what you want to do, um, that's one of the reasons this workshop week existed. And again, I, I'm just so grateful to you, Carolyn, for bringing life to this. So thank you for being on uh, workshop week. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I hope, I, I hope um, only uh, that, that 2021 um will be a time in which your um, your elevators can um, can can find success in, in remolding their resume that it will be a jumping point a jumping off point to interviews and success absolutely and if you want to talk more about your career game plan for 2021 you can do what Carolyn did and uh, hop on a hot seat uh, podcast interview and there'll be details on how to do that in the show notes so once again we were joined this week by Carolyn Newhausen. I am your host, Chris McPeak, and next week we'll be back to our regular format. But until then, thank you for listening, and we will catch up with you next time. Okay, elevators, you've made up your mind. A side hustle is imminent in 2021, but where do you begin? A passion or interest area is important, but then what? Take my brand new free quiz, which side hustle is best for you and discover how to choose the best side hustle so you can get started right away, which gigs require more or less overhead so you don't waste money, and why it's important to focus on one area so you can make the most of your time and get results fast. Where to find this fantastic and fun new quiz? Go to chrismcpeak.com and get started today.